The Colts' offense overachieved this season given the challenges thrown their way, but they have some huge decisions to make in the coming weeks. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. What up, what up, everyone? This is Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks of HorseshoeHuddle.com. And today we are talking free agency. That's right. The season is done. Uh, we're not talking about it anymore, at least this, this you know, today at least. Uh, we're, we're moving ahead to free agency. And we're going to talk about the offensive side today. Uh, basically, just let you know who the offensive free agents are, who we think the Colts ought to keep, and then who they can probably just let walk. Uh, so, Zach, looking at this, uh, Spotrack has the Colts that have projected $72.7 million in cap space this offseason. Uh, that is the fifth most, and that's pretty normal for the Colts uh, every year. Big hunk of money, about top five in, in cap space. Uh, but per usual, I don't really expect that to be thrown around to outside players. I'm, I'm sure a lot of that's going to be retaining their own. Yeah, you know, I think this year in particular, I think it's imperative that they do spend that money in-house on some guys because, I mean, we're going to talk about one very prominent name today, uh, but a lot of the, you know, a lot of the guys that are scheduled to hit for agency for the Colts are very important names for this team. I mean, defense we're going to talk about tomorrow, pretty much all their defensive free agents are guys that we want to see come back in some capacity with the team. Uh, on offense, it's a little bit easier, but again, there's still that one big name that's going to command over a third of this cap space uh, when it comes to re-signing him this offseason. So, yeah, that $72.7 million in space is a little bit misleading because a lot of it is going to go to the in-house guys. But the Colts, you know, there's still ways to play with that. They could restructure some guys that they have no intention of ever losing. You know, guys like DeForest Buckner, guys like Quentin Nelson, who both played at all pro levels this year. You could realistically move some of their money to more of the future and uh, keep those guys around longer as well as create cap space for yourself. Now you can move on from a Moali Cox and get some money back. So there are some ways the Colts can move some things around in order to save some more cap this offseason. But as of right now, if you're looking at that $72.7 million and saying, oh, let's go sign T. Higgins, let's go sign Brian Burns, let's go sign all this, they're probably not going to have you know too much money available once they're done signing their in-house guys because – a couple of their in-house guys, man, they're very, very prominent names for this team. And for a team that just took a major step forward, you don't want to take a big step back this offseason by losing some of these very prominent names. Yeah, so going over those names, uh, first quarterback Gardner Minshew, uh, the conversation now is going to be much different than it would have been six months ago. We'll get into that here shortly. Uh, so Gardner Minshew, wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., who you mentioned, is due a big payday. Uh, Zach Moss, who made things a lot more interesting, showed what he's capable of doing. Uh, the first half of the season was able to be given a, a bigger role than he's really ever had. 
Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, that comes with an asterisk because that's already done. Uh, punter, we're, we're going to throw a punter into this because we're not going to do a whole special team show. Thank uh, you. But Riga, Thank Riga you so Burn much for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I got love for you on that one. I'm not going <laughs> to do that to you. Uh, Rigoberto Sanchez, wide receiver, really special teamer, Juwan Winfrey, and then a couple in interior depth offensive linemen and Danny Pinter and Jack Anderson. Uh, so that's what you're looking at today. It's it's pretty cut and dry for the offensive side of the ball. Um, there's not a lot here that would be monumental. I mean, other than Pittman, you could live without Moss. You could live without Gardner because Gardner's supposed to be a backup. You have a starter already. Moss, obviously, second fiddle to, to JT. But obviously, Pittman is, is the biggest name here. You're You're – there's not a lot at risk offensively. You have one huge name to circle. Uh, so what do you think overall about their offensive free agents? Yeah, like you said, it's really not too concerning. I mean, especially when you look at the defensive free agents that we're going to look at tomorrow, where mm -hmm. you look at the defensive free agents, it's like three of their top five defenders on yeah. that side of the ball. Like, okay, we got to either get these guys resigned or we got to get some kind of backup plan if we're not re-signing these guys on offense, you know, the, the big benefit that the Colts have is their whole offensive line, their starting offensive line. And even, you know, if you want to say Blake Freeland as their sixth guy as well, uh, all of those guys are either locked up or on, or on their rookie contracts. So you don't really have to worry about offensive line in terms of, you know, who are we losing? Who do we have to replace? I mean, we just got, we just saw this giant bounce back from the offensive line, uh, but there's no real replacement needed there. I know some people have been trying to say, for re in recent weeks, you know, move on from Braden Smith, save some money there. But there's no real reason to do that. They have enough money to re-sign their own guys and sign a couple outside guys that they want. There's no real reason to downgrade massively at right tackle. When he's been healthy, he's been great this year. So uh, an offensive line, they have all five of their guys. You know, two of their top three receivers are on rookie contracts. Almost all of their tight end room is on rookie contracts outside of Mo Ali Cox. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is under contract. Anthony Richardson is on a rookie deal. So a lot of the core of their offense is either locked up or on a rookie contract. The biggest thing is really just bringing back Michael Pittman Jr. at whatever his asking price is. I mean, obviously, there's some negotiation involved with that. But uh, we saw what happened when he missed a game this season. And I mean, albeit, you know, when you already have your backup quarterback, you can't afford to lose other pieces. But Michael Pittman Jr.'s value was really shown in that one game that he didn't play when the Colts offense was absolutely anemic all outing against the Atlanta Falcons. So as long as they can get Michael Pittman Jr. back, you know, you can kind of make an argument for or against any of these other guys because that's really the only essential piece hitting the market this offseason for the Colts. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is a must resign the rest. You know, we're going to talk about it in the in the next two segments. I think you can make an argument either way with the rest of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll go ahead and get to that in a minute. Uh, you know, obviously Pittman, not, not a mystery how we feel there. Uh, but Pittman and the rest of these guys will let you know who we think they need to bring back. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a loved one got sick uh, while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication if they needed it. Thankfully, though, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could really happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. 
It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. And talking about the more fun parts of life. Prize picks is the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players and pick more or less on their stat projections that are given for that week, and then place your entry and bring home the bacon. With the basketball season here, uh, this has been a really fun one to do. They basically have a combo stat projection. Uh, just take like you pick a football player and a basketball player. Just take LeBron and Travis Kelsey. Say they're going to combine for uh, more or less than 10 and a half three-pointers and receptions. Uh, I think that's a fun new spin on, on betting, and it's kind of bucks the trend of what people have been doing for a couple decades now. Uh, Price Picks even offers a reboot policy uh, so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Because we all know when you're investing money in sports, life is not fair, and Price Picks knows that. <laughs> Uh, so that means for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and they don't return in the second, then that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And Locked On Colts Everyday as Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Locked On Colts listeners, we are back with segment two, we're talking about which offensive free agents to keep for the Indianapolis Colts this offseason. And obviously, we've got to start with Michael Pittman Jr. That's the the absolute biggest one mm -hmm. coming off a career best season with, again, another backup quarterback throwing it to him. He's had a lot of backup quarterbacks uh, throwing the ball his way uh, in his tenure with the Colts. But um, with Gardner Minshew, him and him and him and Minshew had a really good connection all season long. Pittman Jr. was the pace setter for this offense. He was uh, the go-to guy in big situations. He was their yak guy, their middle of the field guy. Uh, he was really the everything in their passing offense this season. Uh, and the stats show it. I mean, he career high in catches, career high in yards. I think he led the NFL this season in games with eight or more receptions. Uh, he was just so important to this Colts offense. And when you're looking at free agents that the Colts must keep or have to keep this offseason, Michael Pittman Jr. is at the very top of this list. And, and honestly, I think if it doesn't come down to a long-term deal, the Colts have to do that franchise tag. You just can't let him hit the market. I know Chris Ballard has been very adamant in the past uh, and very proud of the fact that he's never used the franchise tag. He likes to give players that freedom to test the market and then come back to him with that offer. Uh, but I just think it's too valuable or it's like Michael Pittman Jr. is just too invaluable to this franchise. Like you just really cannot lose him. You can't even risk having him touch that open market uh, because what is your passing offense looking like with only Alec Pierce and Josh Downs? If you, if you do end up losing Michael Pittman Jr. So uh, I, I think this, what might be one of the rare times that Chris Ballard does use the franchise tag, but whatever it comes down to, they just cannot lose Michael Pittman Jr. This offseason. 
Yeah, so Pittman actually spoke about that on Monday. Uh, we we talked to him during locker cleanout day. You know, it's the day once the season ends uh, where you get to talk to players for the last time that year. And Pittman gave a lot of insight into this process, basically. Uh, so he he insinuated that he's probably going to test the open market, uh, said he wouldn't be doing his due diligence if he didn't see what was out there. Uh, so as much as the Colts might want to go ahead and lock him up, and they, they, I mean, they haven't come to the table yet. Um, I, I think they're going to have to battle with some other teams or, you know, Pittman is going to, Pittman and his side are going to come to them and say, here's what other teams are, are thinking about giving us. Uh, so the Colts will probably have to compete with that. But I do think the franchise tag is an option if they need to do it. Uh, Pittman didn't sound really super against it. He said it like, it is a compliment and no one's going to want to turn down like $23 million or whatever the wide receiver tag number is. Uh, but I, I do think he would prefer like the security, the, the long-term answer. And the Colts, I mean, they, uh, like you mentioned, they don't really use the franchise tag anyways, but they never used it as like a hostage tactic like other teams do. Like we're just going to tag you every year and you're going to play for us or no one else. Mm-hmm. They actually use it at how it's supposed to be used, and that's as a little bridge until you can hammer out something long-term. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that goes. He has earned it. I, I mean, it's free agency. It's a sexy position like receiver. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the Colts are just going to have to do it because otherwise you immediately need to find another solution, and you pray that the guy you love to be that next guy is – there at pick 15 in the draft and maybe you don't want to settle into one position in the first round of the draft Uh, so i think if you just as long as it's not like 28 29 30 million dollars something astronomical even though it might it might get close to that 28 I, i think as long as it's not something out of the question you just suck it up and do it yeah well i think i mean look when you when you look at this whole situation i mean chris ballard has had one big philosophy in his time here with the Colts, and that's re-sign our own, draft, develop, and re-sign our own. And that's how we're going to build the team. With that philosophy in mind, with Michael Pittman Jr.'s just ability to fit here in Indianapolis and with this Colts team, uh, with him already kind of you know set, settling a little bit here in India, I believe he bought a home and like a ranch recently, and he's got young kids here. I just I don't see him going anywhere else at all. It just doesn't make sense for either side really whatsoever. Uh, so I'd be very, very, very shocked if he ended up leaving the Colts this offseason. But you never know. I, I do think this is the one resigning the Colts need to get done, no, though, no matter what. Uh, the next conversation piece, though, I think is the most interesting. And that's backup quarterback Gardner Minshew. Now, he came in and started a majority of the season for the Colts. So he earned that entire one-year contract that he got with all the uh, incentives that were mixed into yeah. it. Uh, but it wasn't like this elite season by any means you know a little over 3,000 yards passing uh, 15 passing touchdowns nine picks a couple fumbles in there as well a couple rushing touchdowns too I don't, I don't want to discount him there uh, but it wasn't this elite season where he's going to command starter money on the market like he's likely going to be a backup next year no matter where he ends up but I think the debate does co- is kind of interesting you know do the Colts run it back with him because of Anthony Richardson's injuries. I mean, obviously you got to have a good backup with what we saw from Richardson in year one, uh, but is Gardner Minshew that good backup? Like, do you value that rapport with Shane Steichen or do you 
maybe look for a similar style to Anthony Richardson on the open market, like a Tyler Huntley, like a Tyrod Taylor, a Tyrod Taylor who's also worked with Shane Steich in the past as well. I think that's an interesting conversation to have. I, I think the Colts ultimately bring back Gardner Minshew, but I could see this going other way where, you know, Steichen sees a Tyrod Taylor who could push the ball downfield a little bit more, can run around a little bit more, who he's worked with before and say, okay, if we're looking at cheap backups, Tyrod's probably a little cheaper than Minshew and might be able to do a little bit more of what I want as a backup. But I, I do think they go back with Minshew, but I think it's interesting to look at that that dilemma right there for the Colts. Yeah, and, and it didn't sound like, although he's, I mean, he's earned a bump to what he's already got. Uh, it doesn't sound like Minshew is going to command some like much big, like bigger role or contract. Like I think he understands he likes it here and he likes being with Shane. Um, now he's definitely in for a raise. Like he earned that part of it. Uh, but I think I would go ahead and re-sign him. Um, the only, you know, you mentioned finding another proven vet on, on the open market. I mean, they, they don't come much better than, than Minshew. I mean, he's as far as backups go, he did his job this year. He didn't really cost the Colts too much. And like he kept them treading water and, and they should have made the playoffs there at the, at the very end. So he did his part. I definitely agree with what you mentioned about someone stylistically close to Richardson. And if that falls in your lap in the draft, that's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, you're probably not paying Minshew enough to where if he loses a battle for backup in camp, that it's going to be financially taxing. Um, so I, I think I would probably re-sign him to a reasonable deal. Um, if, if his side is, is open to what financially the Colts want to pay. And then I, I would take someone in probably the middle rounds as well. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I, I think the only two names, again, Tyrod Taylor, Tyler Huntley, I do think those are two to kind of watch, especially with Tyrod Taylor. Again, he has that overlap with Shane Steichen with the Chargers. He was actually going to start over Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert's rookie season, until that whole punctured lung <laughs> incident happened with the Chargers medical staff, that that very infamous punctured lung that cost Tyra Taylor a lot of money, obviously. Uh, but I do I, I could see maybe a reunion there if Minshew's wanting, you know, close to $10 million a year, you know, like Mitch Trubisky or Jacoby Brissett type backup money. Uh, and Tyrod's more looking at veteran minimum. You could save some bucks there and probably not get too much of a drop off in play or maybe even the same level of play. Uh, between those two players but those are the two big offensive free agents there we're going to finish up this uh this episode guys by talking about more of the minor names after a quick word from our friends at BetterHelp. this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. what are some things that you guys want to keep the same about yourself or in your life in general in 2024 where are you already crushing it think opposite of new year new you around new year's we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized that one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every single morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Guys, I'm here to tell you, it's okay to pat yourselves on the back sometimes. Therapy is not just to fix the bad parts of you. Therapy is also there to help you find your strength so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma or anything like that. So if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I've tried therapy multiple times in my life, guys. It's helped me with social anxiety, anxiety in general, depression. Uh, therapy has been a really great crutch for me, and it can be a, a really great thing to lean on for you guys as well. 
But BetterHelp is is entirely unique because it's so it's it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you have already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, Jake, we are looking at some more Colts offensive free agents. Now, a very interesting one here is backup running back Zach Moss. This is a guy where if you were to say, like, you know, re-sign him before this year started, you could have maybe got him at like a veteran minimum or like a one million per year type deal. But after rushing for over 700 yards this season, being the bell cow back early in the year for the Colts while Jonathan Taylor was on the pup list and just having an overall really solid season. You know, you might be looking more at like a David Montgomery type deal, you know, like six million a year. Uh, Jamal Williams, I think, was close to that too, like four to five to six million per year. And I don't know if the Colts go that high for their backup running back when they're already paying their starter what they're paying. Now, if they mm-hmm. had a little bit more cap space or they do some things to move some other things around, I could see that being the one two punch and bringing, you know, Moss back on like a one year four and a half million dollar contract with the potential to earn up to six if he hits these these rushing totals or something like that but I just don't think the Colts are going to be that team for Zach Moss with how well he played this year yeah I agree uh I I think I think he earned a pretty significant pay bump uh just like what you mentioned those guys who were stars in their previous contracts and went on to to sign on for pretty big deals Montgomery Jamal Williams really good examples you know, Zach Moss would have crushed a thousand yards on the pace he was on. Yeah. He had a team leading 794 yards and was really not a big presence in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would have went on to something a, a lot better. And like you mentioned, I just think it's going to be a lot of money to be tied up in running back. Uh, Steichen has really never operated that way before. Uh, I don't know that, you know, after what he just paid for John the Taylor, I don't think Chris Ballard is going to want to have that much in the position either. They've had success, you know, they, they, they know Jonathan Taylor is going to dominate the backfield. So if you can just plug in guys like Trey Sermon, um, you, you know, they they did some nice things with Tyler Goodson this season as well. Evan Hall is coming back next year. Uh, I think they have enough in the cover to be confident. They would like to have Zach Moss back, I'm sure, at the right price. Uh, but I think Moss's price tag has probably just gotten a little rich. Yeah. Now I do want to reiterate, I love Zach Moss to death. I mm-hmm. would happily take him back. If they're yeah. if, if the Colts had no intention of signing outside free agents and they were sitting at the end of this offseason with like 20 million in cap space, I would say go bring him back. Because if you're not going to spend that money, I'd rather you spend it on Zach Moss because I love watching him play. He did some great things this year, but I do think that the Colts are going to get a little close to that cap number because of the Michael Pittman Jr. deal, because of some of these defensive free agents, because they need to go out and get like a veteran corner or maybe another veteran receiver. I just don't think Zach Moss is going to make the most sense cap wise for this yeah. team, but I would love to take him back. I mean, selfishly, I hope that his market is not as big as what I expected to be and the Colts can get him back. But unselfishly, I hope he goes out and gets his bag and, and gets locked up for a little bit there. Another interesting conversation is Rigoberto Sanchez, the punter, a former pro bowl punter for the Indianapolis Colts has kind of taken a step back in recent years following his his massive injury he suffered. What, what was that, two years ago, his ACL? His Last, year. Last year. Yeah, it was 2022. 
yeah, all these years kind of mixed together here. But right. uh, big injury last year. Uh, obviously, him coming back this year was a big upgrade from the guy they had last year. But it wasn't exactly the same. Like he was more of a average to below average punter this year. And I think the conversation with that is, do we think we can do better than average punter when it comes to the Colts? And maybe like, do we want to draft one just to have one on a rookie contract for four years so you don't have to pay it? Like, I think there's there's arguments for and against resigning Sanchez to where I'll kind of just sit out on this conversation. Jake, what what do you think with this one here? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but for continuity's sake, I would bring him back. Uh, we saw what a disaster it could be when he was out with Matt Hawk last season. Uh, I've never seen a punter shank that many punts. At least with bad. Sanchez, you you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. And Sanchez has never been like a power punter. Like he specializes at getting them into the 20. Like he doesn't get a lot of touchbacks. He's always worked very, very well with his gunners. Um, with With Sanchez, you have him as part of a unit. It's not just because of him. Uh, so, I mean, if, if they think they're still going to get good returns on return on investment with him, you know, they didn't have Ashton Doolin this year. That's that's his top gunner. Like that was big. Yeah, that, that was. I, I think they'll want to bring him back. And I, I would do the same as well. I feel like there's teams in the NFL every year that recycle their punter. And it's because they can just never find a good one or someone who's going to be there for a couple years. I'd prefer the Colts not go down that road. So I, I think Sanchez is good enough to keep around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's fairly cheap and which I don't expect it to be a super high. I mean, again, I know he was a pro bowler a couple years ago, but what we're three years removed from that two to have two yeah. years removed from that. Like he's probably not going to get pro bowl punter type money uh, Four more names to rattle off here, just so we can make sure that we touched on them. Isaiah McKenzie, Jawan Winfrey, both receivers and then interior offensive lineman, Danny Pinter, Jack Anderson, I think the only one you really have a conversation about here with the Colts is Danny Pinter. I mean, maybe you liked what you saw in practice from Jack Anderson and just give him like, like a futures type deal. But uh, Danny Pinter is probably the only one you really discuss here. And I think this one comes down to, you know, do we, f- do we view Danny Pinter as a big upgrade over Wesley French or do we just have the cheaper version of him with Wesley French? Cause I thought French was, you know, fine in the couple snaps he played this year. So Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could go either way with this. And I kind of jokingly quipped on uh, Twitter earlier today. It's like whatever Tony Sperano Jr. wants with uh, when it comes to Danny Pinter's free agency, I'm all for it because he fixed the Colts offensive line with, with whatever yeah. he did. So if he wants to roll with Wesley French or he wants Danny Pinter back, I'm on board. Whatever he wants with that one. Yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, you know, Danny Pinter, Pinter and Anderson and Wesley French are kind of locked into the same role or they're. They serve the same purpose, I guess. Um, French came in and did what Pinter used to do, you know, filled in at center, and he did it really well. Pinter used to as well, uh, but we know that Pinter at right guard doesn't work. So you're kind of you, – you know that this guy serves one role, and that's to fill in at center. And Jack Anderson, I think they like him. They brought him back a couple times. You know, he was on the practice squad injured list. They brought him back. Um, so I don't think they're going to have all three guys. Uh, now Pinter, you could bring him back for the veteran minimum, let him compete in camp. And then if it doesn't work out, just let him go. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to bring back Pinter and Anderson to compete with French. It, it seems like a lot of bodies in there. Uh, and then you look at Juwan Winfrey. He was kind of, I mean, he, he really only served as special teams this year. 
Um, even when they needed receiver help, they brought in, you know, DJ Montgomery to play offense. Um, so Winfrey is, you, you kind of have him around for a special teams ability. Maybe you bring him back to compete in camp. I mean, he's a quality body to have out there. He's a decent route runner. Um, he had a good camp from what I remember. Um, it doesn't really factor in when it comes to the season. So if they bring him back, fine. If they don't, it's kind of inconsequential. Yeah, the second Ashton Doolin steps back on the field, Juwan Winfrey's value yeah. is is gone at that point. But uh, the one more name that we did, neither of us really mentioned in this last segment was Isaiah McKenzie. Now, he wasn't outright released like Tony Brown was recently, but I still would be shocked. if he, I mean, how do you suspend a guy for the remainder of the season? You, you don't bring him back the next year when he was on a one-year yeah. contract. So we still have no clarity on what happened there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't even want to speculate because it feels dangerous to speculate. Um, I know he did recently come out and, de- and deny one of the rumors that was going around, a very stupid rumor that was going around. So um, maybe we'll get clarity on that one day with maybe with Chris Ballard's press conference uh, this week. But um, yeah, I'd be very, very shocked if Isaiah McKenzie uh, came back to this team after the year. But I think that's all we have for today, guys. Uh, make sure you let us know in the comment section which offensive players for the Colts that you would like to bring back. And why is Michael Pittman Jr. the most important free agent this offseason for the Colts? And um, before we go, remember to check out the Locked On Sports Today YouTube channel, which is the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And if you guys don't already, follow at Locked On Colts, at JakeArthurNFL, and at Zach Hicks, too, all on Twitter slash X. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love your guys' ratings and reviews. And we'll see you guys back here bright and early tomorrow morning.